and welcome. Coming to you from the Geek ETC studios, I'm Josh. And I'm John, and I'm not in the Geek ETC studios. I'm drinking a Dr. Enough. I do. Dr. Enough's are good. I haven't had one of those in a while. Made in Johnson City. There you go. This is the Geek ETC podcast, where we dive into all things you can geek out about. Hello, buddy. What's up, pal? Oh, not a whole lot. Here again, talking about some some cool stuff. What's going on? How oh, you been? Boy. Oh, well, you know, I just got off a car with a, or sorry, just got off the phone with a car dealership, as you heard. So. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. A, a little uh, pre-show just for us uh, stuff going down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Me, me arguing with a guy from like a big dealership of whether uh, <laughs> I just put brake pads on before my car had to go to the shop, and like you need new brake pads, right? And then like you need new wipers, but my wife put brand new wipers on the day it left the shop last time, which was just a few weeks ago. So, uh, not a big fan of the Hyundai's. I'll just tell you that much. Ooh, yeah, Hyundai <laughs> not pulling through today. Not looking for their those endorsements. No, from them. Yeah, I feel like Hyundai's have definitely had kind of a mixed bag of quality and uh, quality control and quality assurance throughout their their span of existence. Yeah, you know, and my dad, of course, my dad was like, "You should get like I've got a Santa Fe. It's treating me real well, son." Blah blah blah. You know, so like I was like, "Okay, sure, I'll go with it. I'll, I'll get a brand new Tucson back in like 2015." Mm. And uh, first new car ever, and and trying to be, and nothing but problems. It made it to eighty thousand miles before the engine went bad, and apparently it's like a common thing with those. And a year on the lot before it got replaced, just absolutely Ooh. terrible. Yeah, my my wife's so. got a got one as well, and most of any issues initially that we've ever had were just like nails and tires. Like she collected every nail in the county in all her tires. Like within like I seemed like a month or two we had replaced all four separate times from nails. So like that was annoying. But she did also have a time, I think I told you about it, that her driver's seat literally caught on fire. Hmm. I didn't hear about that. No, really? Who didn't tell you that story? Oh my no. gosh. Yeah, so that was a thing. Um I was at work and I got a call like she called me at work, which if if she's like calling me then i'm like what's going on like there's an emergency or something like what's happening because she doesn't ever call me we'll text and stuff but an actual phone call like something's happening and she's like she was off that day she was home and so she was freaking out and stuff and she's like i don't know what to do there's smoke coming out of my seat and i'm like what do you mean smoke like there's smoke coming out of it and she like facetimed me and did a video call and she's like goes outside and holds it up to her seat and where the kind of handle is on the side to like lean the seat back. There's a plastic piece there kind of right on the hinge of the seat, like where it would tilt back. And there's just smoke coming out of it. Wow. And I'm like, (laughs) uh, why is the seat smoking? And like, you don't see it. There's no open flame or anything like that, but obviously your driver's seat isn't supposed to smoke. So I'm trying to like logic through trying to tell her when the car's off, like she just got in the car, the car wasn't even on. It didn't even start yet. She just got in to like open the door to sit down to leave and saw and smelled it and saw it. And so I couldn't really, I was, I was going to try to like instruct her on how to like 
just first disconnect the battery so that there's no power and stuff. But she's like, I, I ain't ever done. She hasn't really done any kind of car stuff like that. Um, so I just decided like we were slow at work. So I'm like, I, I'm just going to come home. I'm going to, I was developing a plan in my head as I drove home. So I just left work for a good reason, I suppose. And just, just like flew home. And when I got here, I, yeah, it, I think it was still yeah, smoking a little bit, but no fire. The car hadn't blown up or anything. But I immediately just ran inside and got my tools and came out and unhooked the battery, unhooked the negative, so that there was no power to the car. So I knew, you know, at least something wouldn't hopefully, you know, escalate and get worse throughout the, you know, whatever was going on. And back in my old car, you know, I had I had done a lot of work to it. I had put like, you know, done a lot of modifications, aftermarket stuff, had put new seats in it. And so the first thing popped my head, I'm like, I know how to take the seats out. So I'm just going to take the whole seat out and try to isolate whatever's happening just to the seat. That if the seat does end up going in flames, maybe just the seat can sit in the parking lot and just burn itself up or something. And we just lose a seat and not the entire car. So I just went to town undoing the, the four bolts on the bottom and like the wiring and stuff and got the whole seat out. And by the time, like, there was no more smoke or anything, but I got the seat out and brought it in the apartment. And basically, I was like, I'm just going to take it apart until I can find what happened. And I started to take the whole back off and pulled, like, the foam out and stuff and got to the point where I noticed there was a, there was this, I, I pulled, we pulled the back off and there's this big, there's this tiny little motor and there's a big charred spot next to it where there's like stuff, the plastic that's melted and the foam is burnt mm. and everything. And turns out that that motor there's, it has a adjustable lumbar support in the seat. Okay. And the motor that controls that had burnt out and just short, there was a short in it and it just started to burn the foam inside and catch on fire. Jeez. Yeah, so talk about issues, and I looked later, and there's there's a little button on the side that controls that, but we didn't even know the seat had that, had never used it, and when I looked at the side, the button that does that had kind of been pushed in, the plastic on the outside had kind of fallen inwards, and so I think either, you know, getting in out of the car, it hit it with a knee or a foot or something, and it had kind of knocked that loose, and the plastic was just holding the button down. Oh geez, okay. And burned, be, it just you, burned it right out. Exactly, it just burnt the motor out and eventually just like started catching on fire. Jeez. Yeah. So the fact that we had never even, you know, used the lumbar thing and probably never were going to use it, I just took it out. I just cut all the yeah. wires and took the mechanical thing just out of the back of the seat and then put it all back together. But yeah, we haven't had very great luck with the Hyundai's either. Cars, yeah. you know, they stink. You, they, you try to get a new one, and mm. they devalue immediately. Right now, in uh, 2024, it's still very much a seller's market. Mm. Like buyers are still kind of getting jerked around on things. It's not the most fun in the world. No. Uh, but on a bigger and better thing. So you told me you were talking to me earlier about some stuff going on in the Xbox world. What's going on with that? Because I am clueless. Oh well, so, um. Apparently it started, I think, with, what was it, uh, hi, that game Hi-Fi Rush that okay. came out. Um, there was a little indie game that was Xbox exclusive, and they said that it was probably going to come to PlayStation. 
which, you know, it's a little, it's kind of a smaller game, indie game, you know, open up a new audience for the developers to make some money and stuff. And, you know, it's kind of reasonable, not that big a deal. You know, some people were kind of like fussed about it. And then there's a lot of reports and rumors about Starfield coming to PlayStation. Oh, wow. Which is, you know, their biggest thing from their acquired company at Bethesda, you know, that Microsoft now owns. That's kind of their big shot deal exclusive. I mean, yeah, it didn't really do great comparative to a lot of other things. But exclusive is exclusive. Exactly. Like, exclusives are a big deal. PlayStation, for a long time, has had some of the best exclusives. And that's kind of been a thing they've held over Xbox for a while. So any exclusives that Xbox gets, a lot of the communities, you know, going to hold on to them, cherish them dearly. And they could be kind of upsetting with them, you know, spreading all that out. And so apparently there's a lot of rumors of a lot of things and that Xbox potentially could kind of go the way of Sega and just start putting a lot of their stuff out on other consoles. And they would just be kind of a software developer interesting right and you know me and you both have always been xbox people we've had xboxes you know we've kind of yeah. now trans transitioning you've been on the game for a lot longer than i have but i have we're transitioning to pc you know gaming and stuff but we both still have xboxes that we play and that's been of uh, the console version that's been our preferred method and uh, a lot of that's due to i like the con- the controller battle better yeah, it's a, it's about the well, the controller is definitely like a big part of it for me. Right. If it, if that's not because my hands are, are are big, and so all the old PlayStation controllers never felt great. Um, I've heard from a, a like a couple people at work though that the PS5 controllers like where it's at. That it's like amazing. The new one. I don't. I, part I don't of that like, has to do with know. the like the force feedback in the triggers that the Xbox doesn't have. Like it actually has resistance and different feedback in the triggers themselves, which they say is awesome. Okay. So, I like that. that. That seems pretty cool, but yeah, like how do you, how do you feel it, about the fact like if if they just didn't make a, a actual Xbox console anymore or maybe some simple things but they primarily just kind of went the route of like Game Pass and they just had their games available on Switch or anything else. I don't know. I don't know how Microsoft, I mean, in, the independent game developers are the ones making money off of selling the games, correct? So how would that make a lot of sense? Like, how would that be super viable for them to in turn? Well, it, it's basically like they, I mean, Microsoft makes money off of all of it. Yeah. But if if you were just like, well, I'm just going to, I don't see that being like a viable thing for them. Well, I mean, you know, because Microsoft, what they do, like outside of the Xbox brand, Microsoft is a software thing between their operating systems and their office, like 360 things. Like they are really a, they've been a software thing for a while. Apparently, I think like, I don't know if it's last year or something, but Microsoft made like, their profit was only 14 billion, I think, whereas their Xbox department's profit was only 4 billion. Oh no. (laughs) less billions yeah. of dollars but I th- I th- well uh, something to think about there though microsoft you, you're talking about microsoft in general correct right so microsoft also you got to remember they have a defense division mm. they have all the community like every business in the united states probably uses some form of microsoft's right studios so, you know excel all that kind of stuff now google is obviously a competitor to that with google sheets and google docs and doing all that stuff but 
everybody still uses like windows programming because it's the easiest thing to use. So they're like, yeah. I, I do think that a bit, 4 billion is a big chunk. And so the idea that they're not making money like off of sales within, cause it, if they, it just seems, that seems just weird to me. Cause I mean, obviously Nintendo still has the switch. They still have all their other stuff, but I think people like Xbox for its own Xbox thing. I.e., they liked the way the Xbox was laid out. They right. like the controller. They like the things that go into it. They like the apps that you can get on there. Now everything's got the smart, you know, TV or smart console type of thing where you can watch. They've got all the apps and everything. And got all the apps, but there, I feel like I don't have anything wrong with PlayStation making its money or you know uh, Sony. I mean, good on them. Do your thing, King. But if uh, they're like the main competitor, I don't know why they would try to go that way. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, yeah. Because everybody's just going to stop developing, and then I don't understand how I don't understand how it's viable at all for Microsoft in the future, right? Yeah, it, like I don't exactly know all the details of it, but it's it's been a there's been a lot of drama around it in the past couple of days, by the past week, particularly with and, and Phil Spencer, like the head of Xbox, um, did, uh, said something or like tweeted out or you know posted on X something about like we well we you know putting together a meeting for next week to kind of you know fill everybody in on our new you know business strategies type of thing like, like he's he used a, he, a line that he's used like a ton of times of like we hear you clearly and you know are and are working for you kind of thing so like we're listening basically and he's like said that same thing multiple times apparently but i mean i guess i'm not a good person to like ask the question like or i'm not a good person to like because i've not um I've not been playing my Xbox for a while now. Right. So like, I don't understand though, how are they not doing good at all? I think it's just mostly the issues of, uh, like exclusives and stuff that they've just, again, PlayStation in the past generations have just dominated them on exclusives and things. And, in the gaming world, there's obviously like, you know, people get caught up on their uh, loyalties and stuff. I'm definitely, I think like you, I'm in the place now that like, I think having a PC that can actually play games now, it's definitely changed my thoughts on that, that there's pretty much, you can pretty much play any game that comes out on PC. Yeah. For the most part, anything that I want to play. So... I'm not necessarily as nailed down to a particular console that, you know, I used to be. Because, you know, back in the day, yeah, like, that's the only ones that Halo was coming out on. Those the only ones that Mass Effect was coming out on. A lot of those kinds of things. And again, I liked the controllers. I liked the ecosystem. You know, all my friends at the time, we had Xboxes, so my friends were on there to play with. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I had. But, you know, now, like I said, you can play anything on PC. And at the most of the use of my Xbox has been from the wife. Like she's been playing uh, either like Baldur's Gate or she's actually really got into this new game, Power World. I don't know if you've seen anything about it or not. I have, yeah. And which it is dominating 
dominating the gaming world right now. Whether or not they may end up getting sued by Nintendo or the Pokemon <laughs> Company, but it's it's basically Ark Survival Evolved meets Pokemon, which is an interesting concept. And I've actually watched her play it a good bit, and it definitely seems interesting. They um, basically just gave players, you know, what they want. They wanted a Pokemon game that actually looks halfway decent, plays pretty good, but you also have guns in them, and this kind of progression leveling up thing that Ark does where you unlock dif- different uh, blueprints and ingrams to build, and there's a huge crafting component to it, just like Ark. And you can, like, ride the Pokemon, the, the pals. Sorry, I don't want to get, you know, sued or something. Don't Let's not, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it, it didn't take long, and it completely demolished the steam charts for like number of concurrent players at one time like the previous i think top one was cyberpunk at like one million something and this hit two million and so there's two million people playing this game all the same time just on steam and then it's on game pass on xbox so everyone can just download it and play it and it has multiplayer and a bunch of other things so it's yeah it's completely dominating the gaming stuff at the moment that's yeah cool. i don't the, tell me more about pal worlds because i've only seen some of it so like well, i guess to close up the everything like i am at the point i don't really i don't have much loyalty to a console anymore i don't really care what things a game comes out on because again we're probably going to get to play it on pc and it is what it is true but yeah but pal world um yeah you just you start out kind of with it bare bones you know on this island or on this group of islands again just like Ark you kind of just wake up and but you're in the world this world and there's all these little creatures roaming around and you start out you know punching trees you know channeling Minecraft or Ark or something like that and start at the bottom in the stone age type of thing hatchets and pickaxes and eventually move up to like the stone age and the you know wouldn't you get the wooden stuff and then move up to the better crafting things but you have like benches where you craft their equivalency of pokeballs or they're like pow balls or whatever and then you go out but you know normally in in pokemon to catch them you know you, you weaken them down to a point and then you throw the ball at them to catch them because it operates the same way in this that there's a percentage like when you pull up the ball to throw it at them it'll show you what your percentage to catch them is and if you just go up to them from the get-go, it'll it might say like five percent or like point zero one percent if it's a higher level one or something. And if you had already caught one, you can throw them out and they'll fight, and you can do that, or you can pull out your club that you have and just start beating it in the face, <laughs> and you just beat this little like round sheep in the face till its health health bar goes down far enough, and then you just chuck a ball at its face and catch it. So that's usually like your first one. And then mix between that and your pals that you have that you can send out to fight. You just catch as many as you can and train them up fighting other things. Now, there are other trainers out there. So you can play in a world just by yourself, like a single player thing. But they do have like online servers, I think. But just like any of those other games that have public servers, there's a good chance your stuff's going to get raided and burnt to the ground and destroyed. So... Unless you have, like, I don't know if you can do private servers or not, but you might be able to. I'm not sure. But, yeah, she's just, my wife, she's just playing by herself. 
at the moment. And having a lot of fun with it, though. Well, I mean, that's cool. So, can you shoot the other players? Yeah, I think so. I think that it... Uh, I think it would have PvP in it. I, I haven't seen a much gameplay um, that had multiple people in it. They weren't, like, working together mm. kind of thing. They're, you know, they were just... I've seen some streamers play it, and there's just, you know, like a husband and wife that they were just playing together. But, yeah, I haven't seen any real kind of PvP stuff. I saw a couple clips on YouTube that someone built this huge, like, mansion castle thing out of wood, and then like went off somewhere and came back to it all burning down <laughs> oh wow so yeah that kind of sucks power world raids you yeah. know i i never played rust and you and i have played arc but mostly i've only played arc with you in a manner where we were um working together like we've never really played we I think yeah. we went into a pvp server like once yeah uh, but <laughs> that's wild to me to <laughs> that you would have uh this pal world i just the, i'm imagining the big raids or the way people build their bases especially since they get those meta bases that are just really hard for people to deal with and things yeah it would be just hilarious and there, there's also uh npc raids that will happen every now and then that oh no you'll be there and you'll just suddenly say oh you're getting raided by a, a band of you know wild pals and it'll just be a group of just like wild pals that just come and just try to break into your place and kill all your stuff but sometimes there's like NPC, there's NPC like bandits around the map too that you have to fight. And they'll oh, just, so there's people there. There's, there's towns and stuff like yeah, a Minecraft. There, there's like little little like village and stuff. But there's like shopkeepers that you can buy and sell stuff and everything. Okay, that, that's yeah. how you get your guns? Well, that's just through like, in, just like an arc, there'd be an, a crafting, like an ingram to unlock for the assault rifle. And you build a table to build that one. And you collect the, you know, uh, components of it, the raw materials to build it and everything. So you have to build all of it from scratch, kind of work your way up the progression chain, just like an arc. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. It's it's Very pretty interesting. interesting. But it yeah, is pretty interesting. I don't know if... I would think if there was some kind of lawsuit or something going to happen, Nintendo would have done it by now. I mean, they've sold I don't know how many millions of copies and they've had millions of players at this point like it seems like you're kind of losing losing your chance here for yeah. anything to happen with it i don't know what the you know timeline on litigations and stuff is but we'll see if anything develops from that gosh wow yeah i don't know man it's that's that is wild to think about that that's like an actual thing that's come out recently yeah, it, it's been one of the... F any of that Pokemon stuff is, like, when po remember when Pokemon Go came out, just how wild it went? Like, anything that's, like, kind of cute like that, automatically, uh, what was that one game that was really big on the Switch that was, like, a, you had your own little island... Animal Crossing? Animal Crossing, right? Just yeah. any of that kind of stuff, and that same guys with the same animation or whatever is... Uh, um, people People enjoy that, for sure. Yeah, my wife plays Stardew Valley a lot, oh, which yeah. is obviously a little more eight bit or whatever. But it's she loves that. Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Mine has played I don't know how many hours in that game, like countless at this point. Mm. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I don't think about Xbox. Is Pal Worlds available on PC? Yeah, it's on Steam. Oh man. 
I'm looking that up right now while we're talking. Yeah. But it, it, as I said, it, the, the, graphically, like it looks very graphically similar to like Fortnite. And I almost wonder if it at some point, like I could see it going the same route that Fortnite did where, you know, Fortnite originally was just a like wave based zombie survival game when it first was announced. Oh my God. Way back in the day. And so, and obviously you look at it now and it's like the biggest game that there is. And it is nothing, it's nothing complete. It's nothing like what it was initially intended to be. So I almost could see an outcome where Power World, like that sort of engine and environment they have gets expanded on over time and they keep adding features or game modes or different things to it. Yeah, well, man, I, I looked at one of these and man, if that's not almost identical to one of the Pokemon, it looks... Oh God. yeah, as far as the, the creatures themselves, like so many of them, you look at them, you're like, well, that part is from a Sylveon and that part is from an Eevee <laughs> and this part is Vulpix like it's they're pretty dang close a lot of them and I think that's where a lot of the like Nintendo potential stuff might be coming out of and then obviously the whole fact of you're throwing a ball to capture these creatures in the thing like it's obvious Pokemon ripoff but is there enough variance in the assets that would you know prevent any kind of lawsuits or anything as like a new creative intellectual property well it's not on uh ge force now so oh well shoot. you can't play it on ge force now unfortunately although i don't it may only be like a gigabyte or two i'm not sure i don't know what the download size is on it's only 29 dollars. it's realistically not that bad yeah that's the thing it's not even like a you know a high-end full-priced game like a lot of things which is cool uh, you were also talking about Papa Henry Cavill um, earlier, and I guess it was the first time you had seen that they were talking about having Henry Cavill come in to direct the new 40K. Oh, right, yeah. There, I saw that the headline I caught my eyes that I guess he just um, said something. I don't know if it was an interview or something that he had the other day, but just that he was, it was the greatest privilege of his professional career to head up the cinematic universe on that which you know having been superman multiple times over and uh Geralt in the witcher which was amazing and he talked about how much he loved doing that the fact that the warhammer is like his greatest privilege mm -hmm. i feel like that says a lot yeah, well, and he loves it. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I like that Henry is a, like a legit geek, and he's also one of those guys that's really good about talking about what he loves. Um, I want to dedicate an entire episode to Fort Warhammer 40K. I know you don't know as much about it. But I would um, like to know more about it. It's just, one for me, like somebody, I just get really into interesting lore trends, and there has been, I was into it before when I was just reading a lot of stuff, but now there's actually a lot of YouTube channels and you watch them and they put together these beautiful and like cinematic things. Um, and this big, I think the thing I like about it is the scale. The scale is just so wild. True. It defies like any other thing where like one battle is like billions of people dying at a time. And the whole grim dark thing 
it just cracks me up and I really enjoy it. And then when you actually watch the tabletop gameplay, which, you know, I don't know if Henry plays a lot of, but I know he likes making the models. And so obviously he reads the books and I think he's an adeptist, uh, Casodes, uh, player, which is like the Imperial guard for the, um, they're their own. They're not, they're not part of the space Marines. They're not play part of the Imperial guard. They're like the Royal guard, uh, on Terra for the Imperium of man. And so they're like these huge hulking guys in power suits with like long chainsaw halberds that also have a gun attached to the end of it. Right. Uh, that shoots rocket ammo out, you know, like shoots a bullet that has a rocket, like gyro jets. Like it's the world where gyro jets actually worked. <laughs> um, but it's just such a neat thing. I'm so excited to see what he has to do. Cause I don't know that if I, I, I think I hate boycotting things just cause sometimes I do want to see what's out there, but I think I'm going to wind up boycotting the next season of the Witcher on my mm. own. End just because I hate that. I, I love that Henry is so passionate about stuff that he's willing to leave. If he, if, if people abandon the original material, and as somebody right. that wants to be a writer and is working at that and to see that he appreciates somebody else's work so much so that he's not willing to compromise that just for the sake of like uh, doing things cheaper or, or just, just, get, just getting another paycheck for another season of a show. Which has been like an issue with a lot of things. Like Walking Dead, I feel like, is a victim to that probably. Well, I'm even going to say the Star Wars, most of the Star oh, yeah. Wars oh, series. Sure. Oh, for sure. You know, Disney yeah. acquired them and they just wanted to make bank off of them. So they just m- made more of them. A hundred percent. And so I, man. That's a great example. So I, I'm really excited for that. So you don't know anything about 40K. <sighs> Not not as far as like really the lore, the universe of it or anything. I mean, I've seen some things. I started to watch a game, some gameplay uh, from a Twitch streamer on one of the new games, I think Rogue Trader that just came out. Okay. I got maybe like, it was only like 30 minutes into the, the his playthrough of that before I, I just had to go uh, do something else and I haven't dove back into it. But that was, I was going to kind of try to use that as somewhat of an introduction to the, some of the universal mechanics or things. Because um, that's a mm-hmm. CRPG just like Baldur's Gate. And so I was like, yes. I've, you know, obviously Baldur's Gate's been my like game of the year. And so I was like, I wonder what this other CRPG looks like. So I was going to watch some of that to kind of get an idea about it, but I haven't had a chance to dive back into it yet. Yeah. I think, um, I think you would like it, especially like if you, I could see you, especially as much as you love mech suits and you're a weeb. I think what? you would really love the Tau. I think they would be like your your thing because they're like they're really clean sci-fi. I like them too. I think they're pretty neat. Um, they're kind of like the space commies, is what everybody thinks of them as, but they're really like space Japanese people, like aliens. Um, hmm. There's a lot of interesting uh, memes and everything that go around them, but they've got really cool mech suits and like really few, like everything else like the the space elves and some of the other stuff and then once are are kind of futuristic looking but when you get into like orcs and space marines and imperial guard and all this stuff it all looks like stuff you've seen before yeah and some of it comically so like the the orcs the lore that goes behind them is just you know they they paint things the red's the fastest color 
So they paint things red and it actually goes faster because a lot of their things are powered off of their belief. So if they believe that something is happening, like if they believe a thing can fly, it'll just fly like magically. Mm. So, um, like they'll paint things yellow because it makes the bigger explosions or interesting. Yeah. First thing popped in my head was the Kuatoa, the the fish people from they're D&D. Very, they're very much like that. That like all their gods are a lot of things are are manifested just from out of sheer belief mm-hmm. from the 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 Kuatoa race, the fish people that they just believe things into existence. Yeah, that, that's that is what they do. That that is how they act. They they just. Whatever, whatever they see or whatever they think will work, will work. Like they won't run out of ammo unless they think they're running out of ammo. I think there was like a hilarious story in one of the books or maybe anecdotal that like some guy was surrounded by uh, like a, a human was surrounded by orcs and he ran out of ammo. So he just pointed his finger at them and was like, bang and bang. And he was killing them with just his fingers. Like they were actually he dying. Pulled the Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's pretty funny. If you believe yeah. in it hard enough, it, it'll, it'll happen. Mm. Um, it's, I would love to see what he does with that because it is such a grim, dark thing. Um, that I think the people who really enjoy it, are just going to be so psyched to hop on board and watch that stuff. Yeah, whatever media comes out of that, for sure, like it, like knowing, you know, it'll probably grab on and big, get a bigger, bigger audience knowing that it was done with care to the, like, original uh, media and stuff. Like somebody who actually cares about that as a property, you know, put the effort and time into it. Oh yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be all over it. I think. I think anybody that's actually a fan is gonna be happy to hop. It'd on be board. cool to see. You know, obviously, in the past number of years, maybe five, six, seven years or so, has really we've seen the growth of Dungeons and Dragons, and mm-hmm. you know, it used to be the most nerdy thing you could do. That and World of Warcraft were like the two nerdiest things you could ever do, and you got made fun of for it if you did it, but. You know, with the obviously the boost from things like Critical Role or some of those things, and a lot of the other podcasts now. Um, Hopefully, our future podcast. Yes, um, but Dungeons and Dragons. You know, there was a movie that just came out, Honor Among Thieves. Um, just came out. I guess it's been a minute, but anyway, like D and D's like cool now. You know, it's it's a fun game that a lot of people are into. Baldur's Gate Three has brought an even bigger audience into it, so it would be cool to see the Warhammer thing kind of have the same treatment that have some new, you know, media types, either games or movies or TV shows come out around it and start to build this interest in that universe as well. Cause I feel like there could be some cool stuff from it. A hundred percent. There could be some cool stuff come from it. Yeah. I'm more than excited to, to see like, I think there would have to be a lot of serious. I think a movie could be interesting, especially like even like a fall of Cadia or like, which is this planet in the Warhammer universe. That's, you know, really popular um, where like chaos, I think the like the chaos and the Tyranids, which are kind of like this organic flesh eating dinosaur bug swarm or chaos, which is like literal abominations and demonic things. Um, 
I think them as like enemies would make things like real interesting. Like if you depends on the demons. Like there's one like Slanesh, and she's like literally lust personified. And I, I don't think I don't even think there's some websites that could handle that. Uh-oh. Um. So, but there's a lot of stuff there. I, the books. There's so many books, and there's so many things that they talk about in all of them. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty psyched about it. Uh, I did want to mention real quick though, uh, before I forget. Uh, just because we're talking about watching that, I want to see, you know, hopefully some movies, hopefully some series with that on good streaming services. But man, once again, Apple Plus, I just want to say I've been watching C S E E, which stars uh, Jason Momoa on Apple Plus. And man, t- violence on that is one of the most violent shows I've watched, but like very John Wick. Style, mm. uh, I think you would like it. Interesting. It is a world, so it's it's Earth. Uh, yeah, hundreds of years in the future, where people have lost. There was like some virus that hit, and it made everybody blind. And Ooh. civilization has like gone downhill, and so people like live in like the remnants of cities or have their own little towns or whatever. But everybody's blind almost. 99% of the population is blind. There's some sighted people out there and they're hunted. So just watching the way, and it's not all one-to-one, it's not all 100% correct, but they do definitely give a lot of credence to the fact that everybody's blind in the show, quote-unquote. So Jason Momoa is like this blind guy and he, just the way that they're fighting and like throwing things down and getting people's attention, he's always like kind of like wrestle walking everywhere and like walking like a gorilla and he's got katanas and stuff and very... It's like a almost more violent uh, version of John Wick as mm. far as that goes. Like the blade play and everything that goes into that. It's a lot of fun. Um, definitely worth the watch. Apple Plus killing it. Interesting. Interesting recommendation. So if any of y'all out there have seen that, tell us what you think about it. You can send us a message over on our uh, Instagram at Podcast And... Let us know if you've seen that show, what you think about it. Yeah, if you've seen it. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. That's the name yeah. of the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. I uh, Speaking of like, also going back to 40K for a second, we talked about models. I know my wife got me some cool models that I need to paint. I know you've got some models. And we need to get our friend Ben back on here. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He put, I'm sure, put any of our model making to shame. The stuff I've, I see some of his posts on his Instagram. What is this? Is it sci-fi or die? Sci-fi, sci-fi or die. Yeah. Yeah. On Instagram, uh, look him up. His some of his things. He did one where he recreated like some kind of alleyway or like some street side thing that was like from I forget where it was from, but he recre like he had a picture of some location and recreated it. And it it was like the same thing. It was wild. Um, but I really like his uh, his stuff that he has on there. And I, th- but he also, and I posted the day I think it came out, or we got it. But remember, he also made us this awesome dice tower that we have. And oh so yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that in person yet. Him, we need to get him on here and uh, do like an entire because I need to know what I'm doing before I start painting. You kind of know what you're doing, but he well, definitely mine I don't have to paint thankfully well that that helps yeah and he says he hates painting but he's still probably better at it than i am i say it looks like he does a dang good job so i don't know what he's talking about or may i guess you can be good at something and not enjoy it 
per se. True. Yeah. Yeah. He does a great job and I'm interested to see that. It'd be also a good primer for anybody else that's drifting into the like, uh, how do I start crafting or how do I start doing many? Because like you said, D&D has taken off. So people are playing at home or they're using the roll 20 route. But if you're playing at home and you've got your miniatures and you're trying to do them, um, man, I would like to to be able to paint them myself as a DM. I think it'd be nice to know how to do that and put them together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at a photo on his Instagram of the Dice Tower now. That is, they got the little moss on there and the little arrows stuck in the side. Yeah, it that, works, too. It's crazy. That's awesome. Well, cool, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, really, I really want to put these uh, Gundam models I have here together. I'm, uh, I'm still working on my setup, but uh, I had mentioned to you that I'd like to stream it uh, we have a Twitch account now that we haven't used it for anything because I'm still uh, working on some technical things. Oh, in related to that, I've, you know, as you're well aware, and we've fell victim to it many times trying to record things, my computer had an issue where we'd be in the middle of recording something and it would just shut down. And it, it would, like, the fans would go into overdrive, all the monitors would cut off, and then the computer would just shut down and I'd have to completely restart whatever we were doing. And so we've like lost some gameplay stuff we tried recording because of that. It's shut down in our middle. It shut down in our D and D game last Saturday like three times to the point where I just gave up and played on a laptop. Um, uh, shout out what what was that? What's the issue? That pi that power block? What is so it? The power I, supply? My determination was that I have so many peripherals and monitors and things hooked up that I think it was just there's too much of a power draw on the power supply unit of the PC and it couldn't keep up. And I think if the graphics card had just a half a second of not enough power to it, it would go into some kind of fail-safe mode and just completely mm. shut everything down. And so I, because th- I didn't, it never happened when I first got it, but also didn't have anything but like a monitor hooked up to it. So I think that was the problem. So I got me a higher-end, like a name-brand Corsair power supply unit and swapped that out the other night. And so far, I mean, I like... I haven't put it through super rigorous tests yet, and I think only time will tell. And um, we may have to play some Rome Total War to really test it. I think that'd be mm. the way to, because that's one of the biggest culprits in <laughs> the past few times. But haven't had any issues yet. I went from like a 600 watt to an 850 watt for anybody curious about the PC specs. But I, I'm crossing my fingers that that was the issue, and hopefully won't have any more problems out of it. Um, but. Yeah, back to what I was saying, uh, because of that, it's kind of delayed a lot of other projects that I've had in mind, you know, in in relations to, you know, streaming on our Twitch channel that we have and also recording some other supplemental content to either put on our Patreon or just on our YouTube. Um, I've got like a big list of stuff to do, but just haven't been able to do it because my computer's been down and out. So, like I said, thankfully, hopefully that's fixed now, and hopefully I can, you know, get on all these projects that we want to do and start putting out some more of that extra stuff. That's the goal, you know? For sure. Put out all of the stuff. All the stuff. Let's see. Um, have you been into anything else, watched anything else recently? Um... I've a lot of my spare time. I haven't really had any time to watch anything because I've been 
surprise, I've been doing another, I have like two concurrent Baldur's Gate playthroughs I'm doing right now, <laughs> in addition to the ones that we're doing. So we have our honor mode one, you know, that I'm recording, and our playthrough of that is, we think we've got four episodes available on our Patreon as well, patreon.com slash podcast. You can go and watch the first four um, videos of our honor mode, which is the super hard difficulty only one, you know, one save file. You can't save scum. You can't load into it. You're, you know, you have to keep decisions you make. Everything's harder to beat. Um, got the four on there. Got more episodes coming up soon. Now that my computer's working again, I can get the other ones edited and uploaded. Um, but you can go, yeah, subscribe on our Patreon and get access to those. They're very entertaining. They're good for good watch. Um, yeah, we've got that, but I've got my own, I've got, uh, my single player dark urge run that I'm doing and a sort of min max run where I went on the custom game mode and just made all the settings in my favor. As far as like difficulty, I just tried to make my characters just as overpowered as possible just to see what that would be like. And it's actually been an incredibly fun playthrough. And I've been kind of doing a hundred percent run, like doing every little thing you can in there. Oh wow. In every that's little that's spot. a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. I I just made it to Act Three, so I'm just at uh, Joaquin's Rest. So, I would be interested to see some of the the mods as as well. Like I know there's like an Artificer mod. That, I think that, that would be that's something cool. that yeah I think would be cool that we could check out is is if we did a modded playthrough on PC because I, I saw that you, there's like SMR classes and stuff. I think that would be pretty fun to play as because they have some pretty you know they can fly and they have some pretty cool stuff you can do. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of other cool mods. There's like the unlimited party mod where you can just have all the companions. So you can have like a six, seven person thing. And if you did that on like a really hard difficulty, it might could be pretty fun. So you don't have to like miss out on certain character storylines or dialogues. You mm-hmm. just have all the companions there. That's yeah. That's actually uh, interesting to think about there. Yeah. Um, because but man i feel like you'd be so op if you had your full squad there that's what i'm saying you have to like do it on honor mode or just do a custom one and just make it it probably a custom one be the best just do custom and just make make it as hard as possible is there that setting is there a way to do that yeah this thing the custom mode you can just tweak all the settings and stuff in there so you can go you know either way easy or hard you can basically make it into the honor mode with all the hardest difficulty stuff, but you know, you just you can actually just save and keep playing if you want to. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I've definitely enjoyed the challenge in our honor mode that we've got to so far. Um you yeah. re- you really have to think of it more as like a strategy game and like a puzzle and you gotta take your time. Like combat's a lot slower, but you gotta like think things out and plan stuff out what you're doing but that makes it really fun i think i think so too especially I mean, we ran into for anybody that's not played baldur's gate uh three there, there is an owlbear so if you guys have watched the D game or the D D movie there's an owlbear in that and it's just this giant uh what it sounds like <laughs> face face of a owl body of a bear with like neck feathers essentially pretty weird it's got a big old beak on it it's a pretty tough character for low level creatures but like in Baldur's Gate it's pretty easy to beat and then when we went to go fight it the uh, 
we had to run because it brought in a whole nother one yeah. and it was like obviously going to one shot us and we were we're like oh we can't just deal it so it's actually a game where it is difficult and like we had to take that into consideration yeah and what from what i understand it was basically like the honor mode added legendary actions which weren't available in the other difficulties and that was the one for the like a mom owl bear as it yelled out like a scream and then the like dad owl bear shows up which we were not expecting and didn't know it was a thing and i've since seen a few like youtube shorts of other people running like having that same like a reaction to that same moment that happened and they're like oh no it's like i was not prepared for this i did not know this was a thing and then they immediately get destroyed man so and and there's from what i understand again i haven't seen much other but a lot of different you know quote-unquote boss fights in Baldur's Gate, like, have those same type of, like, legendary action things that you only see in the honor mode. So that's one thing I'm really excited to get to those things and see kind of what stuff happens that we had not never seen before. We had to make it there first. That's the big That's issue. the tough part. Um, there that was one, the uh, one guy on, on uh, YouTube that's uh, got pretty big during the uh, early access stuff right before release and everything. I forget, what is his... I don't have to remember what his channel is. But um, he apparently did a um, honor mode playthrough. I think he was streaming it or something. And he literally got to the final boss with like one hit remaining. And he accidentally, from what I understand, he accidentally like walked over a spore grenade or something. Yeah, and it went off. And it went off. And so then he like just due to the nature of the thing, he got lethargic from the haste spell, like running out. He like had haste and then walked to the thing and it made it cancel out or something. And so he got lethargic and wasted his turn. Like it was his turn and he just had to hit it one more time. And then it went to the the big bad and it like one shot killed him and ended the run at the very end. <laughs> I mean that's cool though. That's cool that that happened. Honestly, if you if you know that it's cool that that can happen. Like you can't just people find it difficult to do that kind of thing sometimes. Um, uh, you know, speaking of fantasy, we talked about Baldur's Gate probably ad nauseum, and you guys, some of you guys, probably tired of hearing about it. But I also want to bring up. I think I've talked about it before. Is I am getting really into uh, Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive and reading, and I just want to say I finished Word of Radiance uh, fairly recently, which is the third book in that um, series, and I keep getting blown away with just how good it is, and um, kind of like how we talked about Henry Cavill earlier, mm-hmm. he seems to have like a really good grip on what he is will, is willing to allow in regards to published media like movies or series. And I don't think he's willing to compromise. And I'm so excited if there's something that finally comes out. I remember the other day just trying to, I was actually thinking like, who would be a good, who would be a good character who, who play like, who should play Kaladin? Who should play Dalinar? Who should play these people in, in like the stormlight archive. And I've not been this excited about a book series for a while. Now listening to it, um, if you guys are uh, book on tape folks or book on tape, if you guys are audio books, oh, book on tape, yeah. Oh, go to your local boy. library and rent the, the latest book on I wonder, tape. 
I wonder how many cassettes it would take because so this one, I think word of radiance was somewhere around 40 something hours, 50 hours to listen to um, with like 130 chapters, something along those lines. So I wonder how many cassettes <laughs> like it would take to hold all that like 20 standby. You're going to do the You're going to do the math for me. I'll see what I can come up with, but. But I just want to say, too, that he has also posted that he's releasing a new book and a brand new series called The Sunlit Man. And um, I've not read the Mistborn series or any of the other ones. I'm just strictly into the Stormlight Archive. But seeing as The Sunlit Man is going to be like a new start, maybe like a new trilogy he's doing, I'm probably going to check that out when it releases. So uh, go to his page, Dragonsteel Books, and look into that. He's also got some sick leather-bound books that are pretty pricey right now but if you're as big a fan of him as i are as i am um it might be worth it to get like one or two of those um, you said how much how many hours was it so let me just look at hold on i'll, I'll word well of radiance is the last book because one thing i just pulled up like a, a standard cassette tape back in the day could hold i don't know i think if this was on per side but it was 90 minutes so okay, so Word of Radiance is forty-eight hours and thirteen minutes. Jeez, good. So quite a few tapes, needless to say. Quite a few tapes. Also, just to uh, clear up what I talked about before, uh, the YouTube YouTuber thing I think was Wolfheart FBS. I think he was. The oh one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolfheart does a good job. Yeah, he, he does, has Wolfheart, a, lot of, a lot of good videos. Yeah, he was one of the originals yeah. for getting into Baldur's Gate 3 play. Yeah. Um, that's funny, man. Uh, I just saw something interesting, too, just since we're talking. Um, I know we don't talk about a lot of other podcasts on here, but I know we've mentioned Joe Rogan before. Mm-hmm. Dude, he is back on Apple now. And what? Yeah, he is back on Apple, and he's going to have full episodes on YouTube again. So... How? I mean, what happened to the Spotify? Oh, no. That was within the last... That was within the last 20 minutes. So, Really? Yep. Hmm. So, pretty interesting. That's wild. That is wild. Yeah, because like, I, I thought that was like a 10-year deal or something that they had. It was, it was maybe, definitely for several years. Maybe it was like a... It hasn't been five years since that happened, has it? No, not by any stretch. Hmm. Yeah, time doesn't mean anything anymore, so who knows? Time doesn't really exist. It's just a construct that we, we have. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But um, it does make sense, really. Because right now it's getting dark. It is getting dark. I can see that, yeah. I see you on our little webcam here. You're just <laughs> like the, a shadow of a face. <laughs> the bearded shadow in the dark. Hmm. That's your next book, The Bearded Shadow. Uh, my next book is actually Descended. By the way, I've, uh, did I tell you that the book that I'm writing, one of the books I'm writing, Descended, I, I've decided to make it a full-on sci-fi and uh, fantasy book. So it'll be like Both? sci-fi. Yeah, so it's going to be sci-fi, right? Because it's like in a dystopian future. But I'm creating a magic system um, and like... Essentially, somebody is going to get uncovered that's from the past, like far past, like from a high fantasy setting. And so it's going to be kind of like a special forces with a wizard type of thing from the past. Um, 
so we'll see how that goes. Mm. I'm pretty excited about it. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think the magic system's pretty cool. I've been kind of workshopping that some um, to make it pretty cool. And then I'm also going to have a book from the past, like from the high fantasy setting, which is going to star. Um, it's going to be semi-related, but not really. But um, the, kind of like the last character I played in that D&D 5e campaign with you and mm. um, on that Sunday that we used to play. Yeah where I'm a, a bounty hunter of mages. And I think like that's, there's gonna be like a vague crossover, but it's gonna be interesting to see, but I'm trying to workshop all that right now. So hopefully I just need to finish that. That's cool. Well, nice. I'll be excited to see if something, uh, something comes from that. Yeah. You're saying that cause you know, it's not going to happen, but I'm working on it. Everything takes time. The longest it journey does. begins with a single step. Well, and and then the wor- way of the uh, words, word of king, or sorry, the way of kings from Brandon, the first book of the Stormlight Archive, uh, the most important step a man can take is the next one. Ooh. And yeah, oh, well, you got re- that's awesome. It's a it's a good series, man. It's got also some like like real good um, values in it that are like kind of. Uh, brought forth like some like interesting ideology that I like and some kind of like interesting virtue that I, I also enjoy just a really, really good series. Stormlight archive, Brandon Sanderson. Uh, if you're a reader, read it. If not, I suggest audiobook because it has two, um, voice actors and they're phenomenal and Ooh, nice. they are they're They've been the same voice actors throughout the series so far. So they did the first book, second book, and third book, and I'm excited to start the fourth book. Nice. And he's also a very prolific writer. He was the guy that was picked to finish the um, the Wheel of Time series by the the widow of the author. And, like he completed all that. He's constantly writing books. Like he's got an entire like uh, chronology of when he's going to finish books, like mm-hmm. all the way up to like 2030 or something stupid oh, like dang. that. And so like he's it's not like a George R. R. Martin, which I mean. God love him. Yeah, right. Game of Thrones, but we're still waiting on the last two books, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, so, if it'll ever happen, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I think with his, uh, what was his quote again? The most important step a man can take is the next one. Right. I think that's a that's a good good quote to end on for today. Okay. We will... well, it was good talking to you. Yes. I, I, I'm looking, we got to get some more recording in. We've got some actual good episode, like planned episode ideas that we got to get on. Life's just been a little wonky. Um, That's all right. Life is life. You know, life is life. We keep, keep taking those next steps and we'll, we'll get there eventually wherever there is. Journey before destination. Indeed. And every journey is better when you have companions because. That's right. Geeks fight better together. They do. And with that, always remember to keep geeking out.